Well, this morning, I want you to turn uh, to Psalm 100. Psalm 100. Um, uh, I, I, uh, today's message uh, is, is uh, what I would think a, a devotional message. It, it really uh, is birth literally out of a time of prayer where God began to speak to me some of these truths um, uh, uh, concerning the season that we're in, concerning uh, who he wants us to be to this county. Now, uh, for a lot of people, uh, holidays are wonderful. Matter of fact, uh, uh, one of my favorite holidays is coming. Anybody know what that is? Uh, well, uh, yeah, you were, you were, some of you were close in Thanksgiving. My favorite holiday is Black Friday. <laughs> Black Friday. Because I get to stay home and prove I'm normal. I'm the normal one. Uh, just a, 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 you know, a couple things about Black Friday. If you want to be a blessing on Black Friday and you happen to be one of those people who wants to go out, uh, you know, super early in the morning. I do think some of you are close to losing your salvation if you go shopping on Thanksgiving. That's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, that's terrible. Uh, don't do that. I'm just joking about losing your salvation thing. Uh, but it's terrible. Don't do it. But if you are one of those people that goes out at three in the morning and camps out for some kind of trinket, some kind of five dollar uh, bowl with a dish, uh, a lid, or something, whatever you're you're hunting for uh, that day, do us all a favor on Black Friday and when you're video. Videoing the brawl, please just turn your phone sideways. We get a much better shot of the nonsense that you're facing. So uh, please help us uh, to enjoy uh, the uh, the insanity. Uh, you know, and I was thinking a, a, a lot about Black Friday, and um, uh, there was uh, uh, you know something. Disney just rolled out a, a streaming service. Some of you are all smiles about it because you get to see all of your Disney films from over the years. And uh, so, in in light of Disney rolling this out, I, I had this. I, I, I came across this. I want to share this with you. It's what did Nala say to Simba when they were Black Friday shopping? You got a Mufasa. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Think about that for a minute. Some of you are looking confused. That's pretty good. Yeah, some of you are writing that down. Oh, I'm putting that with them with good dad jokes. Good dad jokes. Uh, you know, um, uh, I, I, you know, Black Friday is, you know, uh, pretty unique because only in America will people trample others for sales exactly one day after being thankful for what they have. Okay, that's just, uh, that's, yeah. And you wonder why people struggle with depression in the holidays. <laughs> you know, uh, and truthfully, uh, many people do. Many, many people do suffer uh, with, with pain and they suffer with depression during the holidays. And actually this whole sermon today uh, was birthed out of this statement the Lord made to me. It says, I want to send Calvary as an antidote to the depression in the holidays. I thought, Lord, I want to send the people of Calvary as an antidote to the insanity, 
to the things that are driving men and women mad. Uh, I heard it said recently that much of our mental health issues uh, that people are struggling with is directly connected to avoiding pain. And many people think, if I just get the next thing, if I just get the next tool or the latest and greatest, somehow, if I can get that, uh, I can actually avoid pain. And many people end up in a terrible place uh, as a result of that. And uh, what I want to share with you today, I believe, is how to become the antidote to all of the anxiety to the depression, that how, how you and I need to have a greater sense of purpose in the holiday rather than just, you know, mostly it's about me. And so today I want to share with you a message called Pathway to Presence. Pathway to Presence. Because I, I, I begin to understand, as, as the Lord began to speak all of this to me and it began to come together um, and if you're following your notes uh, uh, from Calvary.online, you can certainly do that, or the Bible app, you certainly are welcome to download them. I may not, I may not speak all of those today, but uh, I, I really want to share from my heart because I do believe that God wants to activate us, activate us as people of his presence. And what you need to understand is God's presence on your life is the antidote to the problems in our culture. It's not in your notes. You could jot it down. But uh, when uh, the disciples uh, would see a lame man healed in Acts chapter 3, verse 21, uh, it's powerful. Acts chapter 3 tells the whole story of how uh, Peter and John, they were going through the gate. Beautiful. There's a lame man there. Uh, he looked on them to receive uh, cash, and he, sa he said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give to you. Rise and walk in the name of Jesus and this one who was lame for years and 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 years now could walk, and he's boldly proclaiming. And when they were called before the religious leaders about how this healing happened, there was a truth unveiled. There was a truth unveiled and this truth is simply this, repent so that your sins may be blotted out. And then this timeless truth comes shining through, Acts chapter 3, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. So that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. In this moment, I believe that we actually uh, see um, how to actually stay refreshed in our souls. It comes from God's presence. It comes from stewarding his presence, hosting his presence in a, in a personal way, but also in a dynamic way that extends to the people around us. And I love what it says in Acts 3. It says that times of refreshing, not a time of refreshing, times of refreshing. 
denoting that God wants to do this and show up over and over and over and over again in the midst of our struggle, in the midst of our circumstance, and truly refresh us. I know maybe in a couple of days, some of you will be taking some days off, off, and I'm so happy about that. But how many of you have ever returned from vacation more weary than when you left? Yeah, you, you came back and I was like, oh, I'm so tired, I need a vacation from my vacation. Why? It's because truly the way that you've been designed by God is to get refreshing from his person. And so today I want to talk just briefly about this pathway to presence. That you and I are meant to carry God's presence in a real and meaningful way because someone's anxious right now. Someone's tormented right now. Someone is dealing with an anxiety of heart that is not just connected to their circumstance. It is connected to the absence of God's presence. And I believe that God wants to send you, his sons and daughters, as the antidote. The one who comes and releases life into situations. Well, let's read Psalms 100 uh, together. It's five verses, the whole psalm. Incredible psalm. Many of you uh, 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 may know this uh, fairly well. It says this, beginning in verse 1, it says, Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God, and it is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name, for the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generation. Can anybody say amen? amen? This has been coming up in our corporate times together, that the Lord is good and his mercy is everlasting, that it goes on and on. And if you would just, just grab hold of that theme personally, I believe it'll carry you through this season in a, uh, in a place of, of presence. But you have to understand something about the presence of God. There is a protocol for carrying God's presence. There's a protocol. There is a way in which God wants to be hosted in our lives. There is something that invokes the presence of God. I believe Psalm 100 really locks, unlocks that for each one of us. And, and I, I want to show you how to become that antidote, that person with, that is uh, by themselves infectious in the way that they influence the atmosphere that God has given to them. Well, if we are going to be these people of presence, the first thing that we have to do is we have to embrace posture over personality. We embrace posture over personality. It says, it says this, make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Right here in, the, in, in the, just the beginning verses of Psalm 100, we find the posture in which presence is attained, is released. This is the postures of worship. Now, let me, uh, let me just give you uh, some of these postures and really the antithesis of each posture. 
It says, it says, make a joyful shout. It's a joyful shout. We're really good at angry shouts. When things don't go our way, we're good at shouting. When the kids are not obeying, when they're not cleaning their room, when the dog's kennel smells better than their bedroom, We know how to shout or lift our voice in an angry way, but this says, make a joyful, a joyful sad. Here's what I want to say. It is, it is joy over sadness. It is joy over sadness. Never use uh, your, your, your own sadness uh, to think that that will uh, produce uh, sympathy in someone to get attention. If you use sadness to gain someone's attention, uh, you will actually pull life out of them. You will drain them. But if you use joy, listen, you are going to have more friends than what you know how to, to live with. You're going to be that person that everybody wants to be around. And so what's this posture that we take in worshiping God? It is a posture of joy. It is a posture of joy. It's joy over sadness. It is also this. It's a shout over quiet. These are postures over personalities. Some people say, well, I'm, I'm just a little more melancholy. Or, uh, you know, or perhaps, um, you know, I'm just a little more quiet. Well, I'm okay with whatever your personality is as long as from time to time you embrace all of the postures of worship. Because when we learn to host God's presence, it has nothing to do with personality. It has everything to do with obedient posture before the Lord. And this says, release a joyful shout. A joyful shout. There ought to, it's, there ought to be something, in, and I love that, the word that it says. It says, make one. Make one. You say, I looked around for a joyful shout and I didn't find one. Make it. Make it. You make a joyful shout. You, you all of a sudden need to look on the person of God and say, listen, I've got reason to be happy. If I have God's presence in my life, I have the joy of the Lord. And I choose the shout over quiet. I say, well... I just, I don't know. I'm just more quiet. Listen, I'm okay with every personality. Please, whatever you do. This is how I, I warn, warn kids, warn young people all the time. I said, whatever you do, do not try to be me. And as a courtesy, I won't try to be you. So don't, don't take on the loud nature of your pastor. Take on the biblical posture in which God wants to be worshipped. And that means from time to time, you step out of personality and you step into posture. And when we assume the postures that the Bible describes, we will have the presence the Bible promises. How about this? It says, serve the Lord with gladness. This means that the posture that we embrace is gladness over resentment. It's gladness over resentment. It says, serve the Lord with gladness. Have you ever seen someone who is serving, but they're not happy about it? They will let you know. 
Oh, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. And it will speak and speak and speak. And you will know they are doing the job, but they are going to let you know that they are not happy about it. And they want you to just be just as unhappy as they are in their hearts. So I'm, I'm doing the job, but you need to be sad about it. But this says, serve the Lord with gladness. Serve the Lord with gladness. That this is the posture of which the kingdom works. Uh, this is the posture in which we host God's presence. Is that as we are going out through our day, working our jobs, that we, uh, uh, maybe, maybe you're cooking, maybe you're cleaning, maybe you're preparing for something on your job. You are doing it unto the Lord and we ought to do it with gladness. Gladness, not resentment. I can't believe I got to do this. Can't believe I got to take care of this. Can't believe it. Why? Because that kind of posture doesn't produce presence. But when you serve the Lord with gladness, it positions you for his manifest presence. And I like this one. It says, come before his presence with singing. And I know, I know. Some of you are like, Pastor, come on. Have you ever heard me sing? Our former senior pastor, um, uh, Pastor Mike Rarick, awesome man. What a worshiper. I love it. He, 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 he would say, uh, you know, when I sing, it sounds like a dying calf. That's a quote. That's a quote. He said, when I sing, it sounds like a dying calf. He says, but I'm doing it anyway. I'm doing it anyway. Why? Because the Bible says to sing. And so don't ever say, uh, you know, my worship is silence. No, no, no. We take the posture of the scriptures. And when we take the posture of singing, listen, I know I'm challenging some of you. Some of you, are, some of you who are married, you know, you're going to go home and you're going to find someone worshiping in the shower. You're going to be like, wow, they are being so loud at 530 in the morning. I pray that, that song after song begin to reverberate in your bathrooms. Wherever you've got to be in order to lift a voice in song. And I would say from time to time, you need to do it here. Now, not every... A uh, person deserves, uh, you know, to be on the voice, okay? And, and just because you think you can sing doesn't mean you can. The, the scripture does say to play skillfully. That includes your vocal cords. So you do your best, but I don't want you to think that talent, it determines your posture. Because it doesn't. And if we're going to be people sent out, we're, we're going to have to learn how to embrace the posture of worship, embrace all the postures of presence so that we host him well. God comes. He likes it when you sing, even if you're a little flat. He likes it. David shouted, sang, played music, and danced wildly, listen, while maintaining the highest office in all of Israel. You should write this down. Never let those who love to be seen of men define your dignity. Amen. Never let those who love the praises of men, who love to be seen of men and gather their worth from that place, never let them define your dignity. David didn't. He was actually married to Michael. And Michael, she was this, the daughter of Saul. 
And when David came in singing, shouting, wearing the ephod, praising the Lord as the presence of God was coming into its rightful place, as he was coming back to bless his household, the scripture says in 2 Samuel 6, it says, Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David. It says, and made, you know, she made light of it. She said, how glorious was the king of Israel today, uncovering himself today in the eyes of the maids of his servants as one of the base fellows shamelessly uncovers himself. And so David said to Michael, it was before the Lord who chose me instead of your father and all his house to appoint me ruler over the people, over the Lord, over Israel. Therefore, I will play music before the Lord and I will be even more undignified than this and will be humble in my own sight. But as for the maidservants of, of whom you have spoken, by them I will be held in honor. Therefore, Michael, the daughter of Saul, had no children to the day of her death. What we see here is someone who loved the praise of man rather than the presence of God. And David refused to allow the standard that she was setting to guide his life. He says, I am going to take the posture which invites God's presence in a real and dynamic way. Way So embrace posture over personality. Secondly, it is we need to accept lordship over leadership. We need to accept lordship over leadership. Verse 3 says, know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Uh, let me give you some healthy statements uh, that you can write down healthy statements that we can learn from uh, this principle about accepting lordship over our life instead of trying to lead in every area of our life. It, it is this He is God, I am not. This one powerful truth positions you to host God's presence in your life. He is God, and I am not. He is creator and sustainer. Remember, it's He who made us. Not we ourselves, and I am not. He is sustainer, he is creator, and I am not. I love this. It says we are his people. You need to make these statements. If you're going to host God's presence, here's what you need to say. He made me to belong. He made me, created me to belong to him. I'm, I am his people. I belong to him. By the grace of God through Christ, we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. And, that, and sheep are made to follow. Shepherds don't drive their flocks from behind. Shepherds lead their flocks from ahead. And so when a shepherd would go out, the sheep would follow behind. And so if we're sheep of his pasture, then we are meant to take second place. 
This is why Romans 8.14 says that those who are led by the Spirit, these are the sons of God. Who is in first place? It's the shepherd of our souls, the presence of God. He's saying he is God and I am not. And I am a sheep following his lead. And Jesus, using this analogy in John chapter 10, says something very profound. He says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. And I and my Father are one. Let me just say this. If you read that and you understand that you are the one that is in that fold, there is so much comfort in giving God control. There's so much comfort in in releasing leadership to God. That I am going to embrace your lordship over my life that you know what is best for me. God knows what's best. Before science would ever discover the, 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 the trouble with, with mildew and the, the, the things that sometimes happen in homes back then is that a mildew would come up on a wall and they, didn't, they wouldn't have understood it being you know, fairly primitive. And yet God, being the shepherd, knowing the danger of people living with, with those mildews and those molds growing in the house, he says, listen, if that shows up in your house, knock it down, set it on fire. They didn't have the biology behind it. God did. Can you imagine at the invention of the microscope and, and they begin to look in and see, oh, we see what he was talking about thousands of years ago. The danger to the health of you. But see, that comes from submitting to lordship. Can you imagine they built a house and now there's mold or mildew and it's creeping and it's a very certain kind and it's very dangerous. Can you imagine the person that said, I don't want to build another house. What do they do? It's to their own demise. And when we, when we actually say, God, I want to take the lead, many times it's to our demise. Because we need to trust the lordship of, the, the lordship of Christ And knowing that he is our creator, he's made us, so he knows what's best for us. He knows what's going to produce life in us. There's so much comfort in giving God control. And this last section, which is really uh, probably the whole thrust, probably the most important thing for you to lay hold of today is this. You need to choose response over reaction. Notice what this says. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. Now, that verse stands forever. But how many of you uh, in this room, you don't even just don't, don't raise your hand because I know that this is the fact, have faced some very troubling uh, uh, circumstances probably in the last six months. Uh, Some very tough moments 
where you think to yourself, a joyful shout doesn't seem appropriate, and thanksgiving and praise doesn't seem to fit the circumstance. The truth is, is that there will always be opportunities to take the leadership back in your life and to choose reaction to circumstance rather than responding to circumstance. And when I use the word uh, uh, response and reaction, I'm actually thinking in terms of treatment. When someone receives treatment from a doctor, if you respond, that means that your body begins to heal, that you sh- you're on the pathway to recovery. If you have a reaction to whatever is administered, now you are not only dealing with the sickness you came in the door with, but an adverse reaction to whatever was applied to your life, which was trying to fix the problem, which now is actually causing another problem which based upon all of the commercials of drugs on which I, I, we should be scared to take anything. This helps headaches. However, you will turn into a big pile of dust if you take it uh, in the grave. It could kill you. Enjoy your headache-free life. Um, and so... When, when you respond to a treatment, it works. And what God is trying to show us here is that there is a treatment that works and it's found in his presence. But we have to choose to respond. See, God's presence is the place where every circumstance gains perspective. You and I, as we face difficult situations, this last week I, I, I watched uh, my new son-in-law, uh, uh, I was so proud of him, uh, 92-year-old grandfather, uh, just a man's man, created all kinds of businesses, lived his life in a real and dynamic way, 92 years old, he was being helped and, and sustained uh, by a CPAP machine, which was helping him to breathe because he had gotten a lung infection. My son-in-law went to his 92-year-old grandfather and led him to the Lord at 92 years old in the hospital. And, uh, and, and things in that moment were, were really going well, okay? They're going so well that they say, well, we're going to move your grandpa and we're going we're gonna to allow him to go home and we'll get these machines set up and he'll, he'll be able to go home. And so he was making his way back. They had about an eight-hour drive. They decided to stop three hours away. And just, just a few short hours after his grandfather gives his life to the Lord, he gets the call, your grandfather Went home to be with the Lord. Literally hours. Hours. And, and by the way, all of this is happening in the midst of me preparing this message. So are you going to stand in the face of loss and death? Which is painful regardless of it, whether it's 92 or not. And will we stand in that place and choose to respond based upon what we know God has called us to do, or are we going to react? And so when I heard that that happened, I knew I had a word from the Lord for both of them, as my my daughter would be singing over this place. Uh, His favorite song was uh, something by George 
George Jones, and uh, they, my daughter said, yeah, I don't think I can sing George Jones, uh, and uh, she sang something else, and uh, a hallelujah chorus, and God's presence came, and Corey shared, here's this young man and young woman who chose to give thanks and praise to God, and presence came, which brought comfort in the midst of terrible circumstance. And this is what I want us to see. When these circumstances come, when you're facing these things personally, here's what you need to know. Not every thought deserves a microphone. Not every thought you have deserves a microphone. That when you're facing something adverse, when something doesn't go your way, when something is pressing in on your soul, we need to learn to take the posture that God has said and respond to who he is and give thanks to him and give praise to him regardless of circumstance. Don't give a microphone to thoughts that are connected to pain and circumstance. Those thoughts will actually lead to death if they get on your lips. Proverbs 18:21 says that. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. And those that love it will eat its fruit. So when we have these thoughts that come into our lives, these negative circumstances that are pressing in on us, and and we have this depression and anxiety that's trying to creep in, what do we do? We embrace the posture that God says to take. We take his lordship over taking control in the midst of our pain, and we actually say, I am going to respond to who God is rather than react to my circumstance. Reactions always bring destruction. And the enemy will try to use pain and disappointment as an indictment against God's character. And in those moments, we need to amplify the thoughts that are based on the truth of God's word. How do we do it? First, it's with thanksgiving. We enter his gates with thanksgiving. Uh, when when it, this word thanks literally uh, can, can uh, it has a couple of fantastic meanings. Uh, literally, this word in Hebrew, it means a lifted hand. It says thanks is like uh, uh, releasing a vow. It is to bless. It is to say, God, in the midst of this thing, not going the way that I desired, here's what I'm going to do. I am going to come into the gates, the outer rim of your presence, by saying, Lord, I thank you for all that you've done. I give praise to you. The other thing that this word thanks actually is translated a, a, a few different times is this, choir. It's a choir. So when it says to come into his gates with thanksgiving, it says, think of it this way. When I give thanks to God, it is a choral procession in the spirit. That there is a chorus, a melody that begins to, begins to touch the heart of God. 
That's what it is. It's God, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for everything that I have. I thank you for breath in my lungs. I thank you for my family. I thank you for for supplying. I thank you for health. I thank you for friends. I thank you, God, for everything that you've done and everything you are. And this is what the scripture says. That gets you closer. You step through the gate. You step through the gate, and it's, it's a chorus. It's a chorus that's released. But then, and it says, then we come into his courts with praise. Uh, the root of this word praise is hallel. It's tehillah is, is the actual word, but the root is hallel. And it, it just basically means this. It's our public song of blessing that leads to a place of intimate presence. The word court here, it actually means a private audience. A semi-private audience. If you understand the courts, there were only a few people allowed in the courts. Most people were outside of the courts. A few were allowed to come inside the courts to have a private audience. And this is the thing. When you come before God in this season, this isn't about, at first, what he gives to you. It's about what you give to him. If you want to be that person that hosts God's presence, where it seems like God is always showing up everywhere you go, aim your life and your words, your words, Aim your words at God. Say, God, I thank you. And you don't just say it in your heart. Actually give God an offering that costs you something. Where I, where I actually have to process and think about those things of value which you have blessed me with. And I, I thank you. And that thanks takes me into the gate. And my public song before God gives me private audience with him. My praise of who he is, of his character and nature, regardless of circumstance. Can you imagine? The circumstance is everything that surrounds the presence of God. But if you want to insulate yourself from the, the effects of the circumstance, what do I do? I come in with thanksgiving that no matter what is going on, I lift my voice and say, God, I thank you. Some of you think, well, this is not my personality. This isn't the way I was Remember, we're not embracing personality. We're embracing posture. Why? Because we're called to be people of presence who are an antidote to the insanity that's happening all around. We are the antidote to the work of the enemy in so many people's lives who have no idea how to host God's presence, but they are longing for someone who knows him well. They want desperately somebody who knows God. Who walks with God. Who would just thank God in any circumstance. Who would praise him with private audience. No matter what's pressing in all around. Your words matter. Listen, this is important. Your words matter. How how important are words? How important? They're this important. You being born again 
And coming into God's kingdom is connected to your words. You say, it is? It is, Romans 10, 9 and 10. It says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Listen, your, what's that mean? It means your words matter. Your words walk you into the abiding presence of God through salvation. But your words and response to circumstance can lead you into the manifest presence of God. Where he makes his presence known everywhere you go. And the effect of his presence on your circumstance and on the lives of others cannot be measured in human terms. But many times is only measured by eternal fruit. I believe God wants to send us in this season... To one who's considering suicide. You say, I'm not skilled in that area. I don't have training of how to, how to counsel somebody. Well, here's what you do have training in. Of how to host God's presence. And do you remember what happens when his presence comes? Times of refreshing comes. You know what happens to suicide when times of refreshing comes? It gets put under the nail-scarred feet of Jesus where it belongs. So what do you and I do? We take up the posture. We embrace his lordship. And we say, God, I'm going to respond with thanksgiving and with praise. And I'm going to make a gate that you can come through in every area of my life. <coughs> Use your tongue for God's glory, and God's glory will be revealed.